while I was looking at something Spurgeon said. One word captivated me, and so I looked this word up, and it only appears three times in the book of Psalms. But these three places is a perfect outline for the gospel of God's grace. Let's look at that. Let's look at this. Uh, the word is mindful. Mindful. It occurs, like I said, but three times in this book of Psalms. But I, this was very easy to outline. I, didn't, I, I read just what Spurgeon said about this one verse and closed it and then looked at the concordances and then looked at these. And I just here it is right here. And we're going to begin in Psalms 8. Psalms 8. Uh, let's begin reading in verse 3, but we're going to be in verse 4, where that word mindful uh, occurs. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man? that thou art mindful of him. And the son of man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him, of course he's speaking of Christ, a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. And thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet. Well, what is man? That word man is mortal. What is a mortal man? What is he that God is mindful of him? Now that word mindful in the Hebrew means to mark, to recognize, or to remember. What is man that God marks him? Of course, if he marked any of us, this scripture says, who could stand? But this means to remember or to recognize. What is man? That's the question. That thou art mindful of him. I wish people would simply ask this question daily. I wish we would ask ourselves this daily and realize we're not much. We're not much. So the first thought of these three verses is what is man well you know what man is he's a lowly fallen depraved creature of the dust what is man what is man that the god of all glory the god of the whole universe the god who spoke and it was is mindful of him Man came forth from the ground, and to the ground he shall return. He was created in the likeness of God, but is now fallen, sinful, deceived, being deceived, not only by that old serpent, but we're deceived from within. The heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Who can know it? We are lulled by that stony, hard heart within us. Dead, cold, lifeless to God and God's Son and God's Word and His truth and His gospel. 
this then is man. What is man? And he has a little bit further description of him. In uh, David does in Psalms 39, verse 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age, is, uh, mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity, which means useless, empty, at his best state. What is man that thou art mindful of him, that thou remembers him, that thou recognizes him? Now, it's no wonder if we read further down in this verse and in the next verses, it's no wonder that God is mindful of his son because that's what he's talking about. And the son of man that thou visitest him, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. So he's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is no wonder. We can figure that out because he has the preeminence over all things. He's the, he's the firstborn. He's... Uh, the Alpha, the Omega. So it's no wonder that that man, as far as the man Christ Jesus, is marked, is recognized, is uh, remembered. But for God to acknowledge us, sinners here, anybody other than the Lord Jesus Christ, for God to acknowledge us in our unregenerate state, this indeed is sovereign Pure grace. But why? You know, you ask that question. What is man that thou art mindful of him? We need to ask that question. And if we're honest with ourselves in the scriptures, we ask the second, well, why? Why? Well, the second answer is in the second point in the gospel, or if you want to say it that way, Psalms 111. Turn to Psalms 111. Psalms 111 and verse 5. He, that is God, hath given meat unto them that fear him. He, God, will ever be mindful of his covenant. There it is right there. There's, there's the answer. Why does God recognize? Why does God mark? Why does God remember sinful Volatile, foolish man. Well, because God remembers, is mindful of his covenant. The second gospel truth. God is ever mindful of us because he firstly is ever mindful of his covenant. Of his own compassions, which fail not. Of his own mercies, which are new every morning. Of his own grace, for by grace are you save, and that not of ourselves. He is ever mindful of his covenant, of the covenant of love. He loves us. We love him because he first loved us, and he loves us with an everlasting love. You see, God has a people because he has an established covenant. Uh, recognized from before time. Marked in eternity past, remembered because of his dear son and his eternal love. Basically, God notices us only because we are represented in this covenant. Represented, 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 there we go, <laughs> in Christ. All to the praise of the glory of his grace. This is God's purpose. It's his covenant. This is God's decree. 
This is his providential dealings with the people with whom he foreknew. Look at Psalms 89. Psalms 89 and verse 3 and 4. Psalms 89 verse 3 and 4. I have made a covenant, he says, with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant, thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Why? Because he has regard, he's mindful of his covenant. We can't, we, you know, and this is what Paul says throughout all the New Testament. Who makes us to differ? We have no reason to be proud of grace. That's despicable. For we did not choose him, he chose us. Without him we can do nothing. From him is our fruit found. Everything is outside of us. And that's because it's, he's mindful of his covenant. What is man? What are we? Oh, I, I will agree that we're, you know, the intellectualism and we have reason, and the animals do not. They don't have a soul. We have souls. And we have, you know, the Lord has graced everything we have. The Lord has graced us. And this, these graces should be used to honor and promote him and worship him. But it's, man is the only one who does the opposite. Boasts of his supposed free will. Walks in a way that is pleasing to self. No, no, no. Turn to Isaiah 42. He's mindful of us because he's mindful of his everlasting covenant. Isaiah 42. And verse 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I will hold thy hand. I will keep thee. I give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. He's mindful of us because he's mindful of his son, and he's mindful of his son and the everlasting covenant. Once you see this, once you see this, that he's mindful, recognizes, marks, remembers his covenant, and not so much us, but we're included in that covenant, then when you look at, and I, that thought right there just makes so many passages of Scripture come alive. Like, for example, Deuteronomy 7. You don't have to turn these. I'm just going to quote three. But the light of God being mindful of his covenant, and therefore we're included, these verses, they just, they just come alive. They mean so much more to me. Deuteronomy 7, 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, us, nor choose us, because we were more than number than any people, for we were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. Covenant. That means, that means so much more to me. And in uh, two more passages, quickly, uh, Isaiah 41. And like I say, you don't have to turn here, but Isaiah 41 and verses 8 and 9. But thou, Israel, art my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham my friend, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and have not cast thee away. We deserve to be cast away because we don't deserve the least of his mercies. What is man? The best of man, 
nothing. But he is mindful of his everlasting covenant. And then the last one in Isaiah is Isaiah 48 and verse 9. I'll read that to you as well. Isaiah 48 and verse 9. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger. And for my praise will I refrain for thee that I cut thee not off. Because of his covenant. Because of his son. Because he's mindful. He marks his covenant. He marks. He remembers. He recognizes. And lastly in Psalms. This. this like I say it outlined itself. Psalms 115. It's the last place that this word mindful is used. Psalms 115. And verse 12. We kind of made a circle here. Psalms 115, verse 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. <laughs> there we are. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Why? Because he's mindful of his covenant. He's mindful of his son which includes his attributes, which includes his unattainable perfections, which we cannot, but based on the covenant, there's stipulations, if I can word it that way, legally, the document, there's stipulations that these must be met, these must be satisfied, must be fulfilled. And what did Christ say? I fulfilled your law. I fulfilled everything, jot and tittle, to the maximum, to the zenith, to the utmost. Only him. Because our Redeemer and His accomplishments in regards to this amazing and wonderful covenant for His people, He truly and really and infinitely remembers or recognizes sinners like us. He's mindful. He's mindful. I just love that word, mindful. He is. He's very mindful. This will feed your soul and my soul into eternity, that he is mindful of us. Out of Psalms, Psalms 115, the Lord hath been mindful of us. The God of all, over all, in all, and through all, is interested in, recognizes, remembers such worms of the dust. You and I, a people that were and still sometimes are so unthankful and so ungrateful and so cold towards him. This, this, is, this is how we are. We have, this is how we are. Why doesn't he annihilate us? We of all people who say we understand the grace of God. Why does, when we walk in that door and think a wicked thought, in the, in the house, this, this house, his house, I could, you know, I'm just being somewhat facetious, but we of all people who know our God, he's revealed himself to us, and we still, we still get cold one to another. The lack of love is astonishing from me and from you. A flock that gets caught up in too many affairs of this world, too many things that glitter. We still like that, we still like that grandson. We see something and we go after it just all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just, it doesn't take much. Why? 
because his attention span. That's us. That's us. But he says in this verse, verse 12, the Lord hath been mindful of us. Now usually we'll start here, or preachers will start there and not say anything about the covenant. Oh, you're a good person. And you can do, you know, maybe it's a good Father's Day message, a good Mother's Day message. We're not interested in that. What is man that he's mind, that God is mindful? What is man? Nothing. We've seen that. He's nothing. Anywhere you go in the scriptures, if you have a right understanding, if you've been given a right understanding, you know that it is not in man. We don't praise him as we ought to. We don't worship him as we ought to. We don't pray with him as, pray unto him as we ought to. Yet he always will bring his sheep back to the fold and we'll serve him and we'll adore him and we worship him. We worship him. Look at verse 15 of this psalm. And this, this, this says it all. You are blessed of the Lord. Incidentally, he made heaven and earth. You are blessed of the Lord. Now, we don't need to put this on a bumper sticker. We don't need to put this on a license plate to know by the, by, his, uh, by the authority of his word, without error, that we're blessed. Why are we blessed? Because he's ever mindful of his son and his covenant. May we continue to come to him. If we haven't come to him, may we come to him. Because there's blessings, there's, there's blessings in no other. You are blessed of the Lord. There isn't any blessings outside of the Lord, outside of Christ, outside of his covenant. Beseech him. If you're snake bit, look to the remedy, the brazen serpent. To whom shall we go? He said to Peter, he said, you know, Peter said, you know, to whom shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. It's, you don't come down the aisle or to this preacher or to shake my hand. No, there are certain things that you do when you trust Christ. And the thing is, is we need to get out of the way. You don't need, I don't need to give you an A, B, C, D to what to do. When the Lord shows you that you're nothing, that what is man? I'm nothing. Man, woman, boy, girl is what we're talking about. Human, a mortal, a mortal person. You're nothing. You, you, you look for a remedy. To whom shall we go? He has everlasting and eternal life. And then, what will we do? It's all right here. Look at verse 18. This is then what, this is what we'll do. This is what the believer simply does. In, in one verse, simply, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. What does the believer do? Well, oh, he does all this good works. And, yes, yes, yes. But what, is he, what does he do? Cut through it all. In times of sorrow, in times of refreshment, in times of daylight, in times of darkness, in times of storms, in times of tribulations, we'll bless the Lord. Because He's mindful. The God of all is mindful of his people because of his son and because of his covenant. That is amazing grace. Nathan, would you close this, please?